Okay, strange magic listeners, this is the episode you have all been waiting for, where we get to hear all about the beginning, the trials, the tribulations, the glory of Sarah Faith Godestiner and how she came to tarot and magic. And it is a riveting story, seriously. You know, what is really inspiring about Sarah is that she has brought so many people with her into this work. I love Sarah's work. I respond to it so much. She has inspired me for so many years with her moon magic and her rituals, and she shows up in such a big and major way. My favorite thing about Sarah in her work is about how easy it is for her to recognize what is right, to recognize who should be defended, to come in in defense of the vulnerable, to come in in defense of queer folks and people of color and the environment and people with disabilities, sick folks. Sarah is always on their side and It inspires me and I learn from her so much all the time. And listening to her story, I feel like we can all really find our own story of how we're coming to this work, to magic, to witchcraft, and how much of a struggle it can be sometimes when the world doesn't necessarily support you in that work and the courage that it takes to show up for it. So I think when you listen to this episode, you're going to be inspired. You're going to feel seen and heard and loved because that is what Sarah does best. And I can't wait to dig right in with you. Sarah, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for your loving intro. I feel very seen and supported as always from you, Amanda. My pleasure. Here at Strange Magic, Amanda and I talk about our views on tarot and the ways in which we practice magic. And we understand that other people have different ways of practicing and different interpretations of the tarot, and that's totally okay. Take what you'd like and leave the rest. Sarah, I am so excited to hear about your tarot journey and what has brought you to this mystical tradition. And I want to know, what is your first memory with tarot? You know, Amanda, on reflecting of my own tarot journey, tarot is a very mystical, magical portal. My tarot journey can kind of be defined as kicking and screaming, being dragged into it. No way. Because I did not ever think I would end up being a professional tarot reader in my entire life. And... My memory, because I'm someone who has trauma and I'm on chemo meds, your memory kind of goes. So like, you know, I have friends who are like, I remember my first memory when I was four. I don't have a memory, though. This is what I will say. My mother was a tarot reader for many years. She stopped reading when I was a child. I remember having the cards around. And in fact, my parents are like, don't you remember when you were eight years old? you made mom dress up like a stereotypical 
tarot reader like with a muumu and like a turban <laughs> and have a birthday tarot reading oh, party so when I was eight years old. Aww. So I know that it was in my consciousness, but my mother never taught me anything about tarot. The cards were around. I know that I, I remember like looking at them. I remember like touching them. She had a she had one of those bigger decks, like, you know, like the Rider Waite that's like bigger, mm-hmm. like a teaching deck almost, but mm-hmm. not quite that big. And then the other part of the kicking and screaming is someone bought me a deck, of course, right? Like someone gives you a deck You're supposed to. when I was in college and it was the mother piece and I almost immediately got rid of it. Mm. It was a visceral no. I was like, no, I don't connect to this really. Um, and I got rid of it. And then my tarot journey started where on a whim, I mean, not on a whim. This is the thing. I'll go back and just say, you know, I was always interested in the occult. I was always interested in magic. I was always interested in weirder artists like Frida Kahlo or Leona Carrington or Remedius Varro. Like, I was always interested in, like, weird women, you Mm, know, Um, in psychology. Like, I thought I was going to be a psychologist. My mother is a psychologist. When I was 24, I bought my first deck that you see in front of you today. Uh, which is the, you know, ubiquitous Rider Waite, Coleman Smith. And then I started getting into it. And that was because I got washed up in Portland, Oregon, which is home of queer witches. There are more queer witches in Portland, Oregon that you could throw a crystal at. (laughs) Uh, And I just was lucky enough to become friends with a lot of queer and lesbian witches who I feel really grateful to have been introduced to the occult and magic predominantly like in real life by them because they were very feminist. They were very revisionist. Um, You know, it was a very exciting experience and empowering experience. It wasn't like a fear based experience because I could see magic and the tarot being both of those things. But it wasn't for me. So I started just like reading a lot of books and giving a lot of readings for friends And that is what I did with tarot in my 20s. But so what was it about the tarot that really caught you? Like, what did it help you with? Like, why? Like, what made you go from just being like, oh, this is a cool thing to being like, oh, this is really something I want to invest a lot of time in. And Mm -hmm. I think the two aspects of tarot that I was immediately really drawn to was the lack of small talk when you're giving a reading And I'm someone who's like incredibly shy and it's like incredibly hard for me to relate to people. I don't do very good with like small talk. I have a lot of social anxiety. I have my entire life. When I was in my 20s, I don't feel that way now. Like I'm pretty fucking old and like I don't really give a shit. Quite frankly, I'm like, hi, or I don't want to talk to you or I, you know, I'm not really like that's not my thing anymore. But in my 20s, when I when I was like 24, you know, walking into a room with something that was really intense and really scary for me. When you're giving a tarot reading, you can connect really deeply with a person from the very beginning. Someone is showing up vulnerable and you're, they're, they're ready to share. So that was the first part initially. Then the second part is like, you know this, Amanda. Listeners know this. Tarot is an incredible, accurate tool. Mm-hmm. You give a reading and it is uncanny. We don't know. We don't need to know how it works. But it works, right? So there's that where I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is wild. This is magical. And then the third part of why I stuck with it and eventually ended up giving professional readings was it was a safe container and vessel for me to be psychic. Um, I'm psychic. And 
when I didn't have a way to express that, that was where the anxiety would come from. And that was where I felt like the world was an unsafe space. So within a tarot reading, it is a space that I can open up to the universe and I can open up to give my client psychic messages and readings that may or may not have anything to do with the cards. Mm -hmm. And as a result of doing that, I ended up being able to heal something in myself, which is interesting because I recently had a conversation with my mother about, well, why did you stop reading tarot? And she just said, you know, I come from, there's a lot of intuitives in my family and there are psychics in my family, but they were never really able to express their abilities. A lot of it ended up in suicide or depression. And I have depression and I struggle with depression. And she just said, you know, I'm really private and I'm really introverted. And it just was starting to be a lot energetically. And I can totally respect that and totally see why someone would choose to be an artist and a psychologist, which is what my mother is, right? Because you can utilize that within a psychology practice and the same way you utilize it in a tarot practice. But for me, it just ended up, this is just what I end up doing. Wow. So, well, so in what way do you feel like the tarot opens you up to like allow the psychic messages to come through? I think that in particular, it's the intentional container that is created when you begin a tarot reading with someone it's an energetic container it's a safe space that you can create we can be psychic at any time you can be psychic walking down the street you can be psychic in your dreams you could be psychic in your car but for me it's a real container of a channel for lack of a better word it's it's the way that my abilities can come in the easiest that and kind of art like those are the two ways so I don't know. Like, it's just sometimes I wonder chicken or egg. I'm like, did the tarot lead me to, like, be able to be a psychic comfortably and help people in that way and then help myself because I'm expressing that energy and I'm connecting to something greater to me, which then there's no way I could be an atheist or a nihilist. You know, like yeah. I have experienced as you have you know, as many of our listeners have, like energy, spirits, messages, synchronicities that are just too, you just can't explain it, right? And that then connects me to a greater force. It never allows me to forget that I'm connected and that there is source and that there is a reason in quotes, right? Because we're always wondering, right? Like, why are we here? What's the point? It's like staying connected in this web. This is one way that I can do that. And that's with the tarot. Do you remember what were the cards, like the specific card that you were like really caught your eye? Like, do you remember being specifically fascinated with like the high priestess or like the devil card? Or? You know, other people have asked me that and it's a memory thing. Like, I don't really remember mm. like what happened when I was 24 or whatever. For me, though, I will say a card that I feel like the card, you know? Yeah. And I remember that before, like like this has been an ongoing thing, has been Queen of Cups. Ah, what is it about that one that really calls to you? I just feel like I get it. I'm like, I get you. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you are like a tender creature. Um, well, so how has your process changed? You know, when we first started with tarot, often, you know, when we've been working with it for like 20 years, 30 years or whatever, 10 years, you know, our processes evolve. Do you feel like you relate to the cards differently than you did when you first started working with them? Oh, yeah. 100%. Totally. I feel like the beautiful thing about tarot is you just get in deeper. 
you're just like, oh, wait, I've never thought about this with this card before. Or you give a reading or you give a series of readings and a card keeps coming up, which then causes you to think about the card and the themes and the other ways and causes you to experience it more viscerally. You know, when I first started giving readings, so I was learning about the cards and giving free readings for seven years. And then I was kind of dragged into reading professionally kind of on a fluke because someone told me that I should. Just all these things kind of started happening. Friends knew that I was a tarot reader, so they would ask me to read at their benefit or their party or something, right? The opening of their art thing or whatever. And then at one of those, I met a woman who wanted to hire me. Well, I still have clients from those early days, but I met a woman who wanted to hire me again. So I had another reading with her. I was taking no money. Mm. I was like taking no money mm. for readings. And I was giving lots of readings for free, like a lot. And and I would pay readers. Let me like interrupt myself. Mm. I was going to psychics. I was mm. going to tarot readers. I was paying them money. But for some reason, I was like, oh, I can't take money. Like, I think it was because I didn't think of it as a job or a vocation or like my it was just this thing I did that I couldn't not do. And she said, you know, at the end of the reading I gave this woman, and I do really always thank her, she was like, you know, I I get a lot of readings from people, and, like, you're one of the best readers I've ever been to. You need to do this, but you need to charge money. Mm. So that's what you have to do, okay? And just having her tell me that, um, I was like, okay. And then it kind of just started. I, I got asked to read at a friend's store, and then I became the resident tarot reader, and then I started teaching, and then it just kind of took off from there and that was seven years ago so I've been a professional tarot reader like this was all word of mouth for seven years I've been seeing clients um so my process has changed I would hope my process and my practice has changed so 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 much and I hope that it continues to change and evolve and grow and I hope to go deeper and differently in other ways with the tarot in time to come well, so how do people react to you when you tell them you're a tarot reader? Like how, like what's generally, I mean, I don't, or like, what do you say when you're at a party? Like, and I don't really you? say I'm like a tarot reader. I say that I run my own business. I say that a lot when people ask me what I do. And they're I like, say, oh, boring. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, good. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> well, that's the test is like, if you tell someone you're like, you know, in LA, if you tell someone you're a, you don't do anything exciting, you can tell who the great people are. Because right. if you're like, yeah, I'm a professional paper filer, they're like, bye. They're you like, don't... where's the snacks? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I generally just say that I run my own business. Mm. And then they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do a bunch of different things. I sell things and I design things and I'm a consultant. I won't really tell a stranger that I'm a tarot reader. Mm. Although, can I tell you a funny story about my yes. family? My family knows what I do, like my extended family. And so my grandfather, who's amazing, was like, let me ask you. He's a therapist, too, actually. He's a counselor. He was like, let me ask you. He's like, you say you're psychic. You say you can predict things for your clients. He's like, you say you can tell them what's going to happen in their life. He's like, can you do that for yourself? And I was like, Papa, no, not really. And he's like, well, what's the point? He's like, if you're psychic and you can't really do it for yourself, who cares? Like, it just was funny. But um, they don't really care. Like, my family doesn't really care. You know, my partner could care less. 
my inner circle of people don't don't really care about what it is I do. Hmm. Do you have like a pet peeve about tarot or people in tarot or like, you know, the tarot is really beautiful and we love it. And we've devoted our lives to it, but not all, everything is like puppies and roses about the tarot. You mean about the tarot deck itself or people practicing tarot? Because I could I have some pet peeves about it. <laughs> do you? What do are you? you? Of course. I mean, I have pet peeves about all sorts of things. But um, but so like, what are some of your pet peeves about? It could be about anything, about the tarot community, about the tarot cards themselves, about reading tarot, about what your business, whatever it is. I'm just wondering, mm, I you know, what do you have any conflict? I have a couple of pet peeves. I have no pet peeves within my practice. I love my clients. I'm obsessed with them. I just want to see my clients and their friends and that's it. And for the most part, that's what I do. I don't advertise. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I very, I maybe when my book's open, I e- email my clients and then that's it. I think my pet peeves are a couple of things. I think one is readers who don't cite their sources mm-hmm. because tarot is a system that has been developed over hundreds of years. A lot of the breakthroughs that have happened in terms of psychology and self-help tarot have been developed since maybe the 60s, let's just say. There is a precedent for what people are talking about in tarot. No one's just sitting on a cushion receiving downloads. Um, Of course, we're revising the cards. Of course, we're building upon them. Of course, we're bringing in other philosophies or our own experiences to the cards in order to kind of make them more rich and more of an interesting experience. But if you're not citing your sources and you're not sharing where you get your information from, you're doing the legacy and the lineage of tarot a disservice. The other thing that kind of bothers me that dovetails off that is, and I this is definitely only because of my own experience of having a really long-term relationship with it that for many years I never expected to become a reader. So I was really doing it at my own pace. I was reading when I wanted to read. I was reading books and journaling about it when I wanted to. You know, once in a while I would take a workshop. You know, it was a it was not, I need to become a tarot reader. So I need, you know, it wasn't like I need to take this workshop or, you know, it wasn't anything like that because I didn't want to become a tarot reader. And I think maybe it's different now. I think people want to be tarot readers, right? Like they want to read as their job. I just think it takes a lot longer to be a really impactful tarot reader than people are giving themselves time for. I'm not necessarily saying there's like a time limit on like, oh, you need to study for a decade or it's nothing like that. But I think that there's learning the theory, learning the meanings of the cards, learning how they all work together, learning different kinds of spreads, learning different portals into reading, whether it be astrology, the Kabbalah, numerology, the elements, whatever, right? So there's that. There's all of that, that if you're a tarot reader, you really have to have your hands wrapped around for the cards. You have to understand each and every card and how they all work together, which in itself is a fairly complicated system. Yes, ma'am. But then there's the tarot reading part of it, which is holding space. Yeah, you know, what's so crazy is like, I feel like I really came into my own as a tarot reader after I was well into my 30s. Oh, are you kidding me? It probably took me two years of giving, in quotes, professional paid readings to even understand what I could be offering my clients 
like how I could talk about what I did for my clients. Even though I might have known this stuff from my 20s, to have the kind of emotional maturity to be able to and like experience to be able to meet people and all their spectrum of whatever it is they're going through. And I think that that's really beautiful and inspiring because a lot of time we feel like, oh, if I haven't got it all sorted out by the time I'm 25, Mm. you know, then, you know, and I think especially a lot of young women really want to, you know, to be mystics or priestesses. And I just want to remind them they have time. You'll only get better as you get older. And I feel like, okay, a lot of the reason why I think I didn't become a tarot reader sooner was a lot of stigma around tarot readers and psychics as being scam artists and as being deceitful, clumsy, manipulative, controlling. And I think that as tarot readers, we have the responsibility to set the record straight about what tarot reading is and what tarot reading can be. And in order to do that, to the best and highest to venerate and continue to hold the tarot sacred, we have to be ready to do that. And if we're not ready to do that, if we picked up a deck three months ago and we're starting to give readings for people and we maybe can't handle certain energies or we can't handle certain people's problems or where they are or messages, all of these things, we're doing a disservice to the tarot as a whole, right? So I, I hold it really, I'm really serious about being a reader in the sense of I don't take the fact that my clients come to me and they share their vulnerabilities and they're open and they're willing and they're ready. I don't forget that for a second. That is important to remember at all times. And I worry sometimes I worry about, you know, I wasn't ready to do that at 24 when I got my first deck. And I'm not saying to anyone listening who's 24 who's a professional reader or whatever, like, don't do it. I just know that it literally took me years to be able to do it in a way that was the best for my clients and the best for my highest ideals to what I want to give to my clients and provide for my clients. That's all I'm kind of saying. It does take time. It just takes time. I don't want to see, yeah. I want to see a crone or like, like I don't feel wanna... like it shouldn't take that much time. Yeah. But in fact, it really, it really does just take a lot of time and work and, and exploration yeah. and, and confidence, you know, that we get and through compassion. experience, compassion. Yeah. You know? Well, so last question, what is your favorite thing about tarot? Like, what is mm-hmm. the thing that you just... Like, if someone was new to it, didn't know anything about it, what would you just want to leave as a little gift for them about what tarot is and can do? I love that it was created by humans to try to explain the human experience in a series of artworks that are little portable altars to a theme, to a process, to a learning to an idea that all of us can relate to in one certain way. And I like the connection between art, spirituality, and the human experience that 
tarot provides that I have not been able to find elsewhere. It doesn't exist for me anywhere else. It ex- there's art, there's the human experience, there's spirituality, but I love that it's all wrapped up into one portable, affordable package that you can utilize at any time for anything you need to kind of work with the cards. I love that the cards are so willing to work with us wherever we are. I love that. I love that. I love that. They're just like a little like open, open opening, you know, um, into whatever we need them to be. And I think that's really powerful and really magical. Mm. Humans do create some great things. They do. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's going to resonate so much with people because because not everyone had a witch for a mother. Not everybody had tarot just coming out the hoo-ha the whole time that they were growing up. You know, a lot of us take a long time to come to it. And I love what you're saying about letting that time happen, letting ourselves find tarot as it comes to us and that we have time and that we become mature and wiser and more capable of handling things because what you were saying about moving through and growing through your 20s with this work I just feel like it's going to inspire a lot of people it really inspires me it makes me feel like even I now can let myself be let myself take the time and So I think that's going to really resonate with a lot of people. Okay, so next week, what have we got on the plate? Wheel of Fortune. Come on down. This is going to be a good one. We discuss our takes on everyone's favorite Jupiter card, the Wheel of Fortune. Moving, rolling, fate, showing up in trust and truth and power and letting the wheel spin letting fate take its course mm-hmm. thank you so much to all of our listeners you inspire us so much we love to get your messages and to hear how much you respond to the work it just makes us feel so excited and thrilled to see so many beautiful powerful interesting intelligent spirited witches out there all across the world It really gives us solace when we're feeling blue and we look and see people's notes and see people all across the world, like in Russia, in Germany, in South Africa, in Ghana, in Chile, in Cuba, in Mexico, in Canada, and oh my gosh, all the lights that shine out of the United States from all of these cities. There are witches everywhere, and we are so grateful for you. And so when you give us that five-star review (laughs) and leave us notes, that means everything. Thank you. Thank you, witches, wherever you are. We adore you.
Witches in Istanbul, witches in Denmark, witches in Mexico, there's a witch wherever you are.